This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in the series, Essentials for Living. In these lessons, Pastor Rick shares the power you need to live on, the principles you need to live by, and the purpose you need to live for, so that you're truly living and not just existing. First, we're excited to let you know that very generous friends of Daily Hope have stepped forward with a special $25,000 matching grant. That means any gift you give to help Daily Hope share God's Word with people everywhere will be doubled. So contact us right away. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's broadcast. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Using the Bible to Make Decisions. Now the sixth test of a decision is what I call the investment test. And that is, is it the best use of my life? Is it the best use of my life? Or even is it the best use of my time? Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says this. Be very wise how you live. Don't live like those who are not wise. Live wisely. I mean that you should use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. So, don't be foolish with your lives. Learn what the Lord wants you to do. Now, if you want to make the best use of your life, if you want your life to count, if you want to make an impact with your life, you got to do one thing. You got to get control of your time because your time is your life. If you don't learn to manage your time, you're not going very far in life. You got to learn to manage your time if you want to make the best use of your life because your time is your life. Now, we all have the same amount of time every week, 168 hours a week. The greatest success and the worst failure in life have the exact same amount of time as you do. It's what you do with it. Now, time is more important in your life than money. Far more important. You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. You only have a certain number of days you have been allotted in this world, and if you blow them, you, you've blown it. If you waste time, you're wasting your life. So you have to stop and say, is this the best use of my time, best use of my life? There are many activities that I do not do. I've chosen not to do them. Not because they're bad, they're not. Not because they're questionable or evil, they're not. Not because they're not fun, in fact, they are fun. But I've chosen not to do them because I want to maximize my time on the purpose that God put me on this earth for. For the life mission that he set me here to fulfill. Now, if you don't figure out your life mission, if you never understand your life purpose, if you never figure out why God put you on this earth, you have absolutely no basis at all for your decisions. You're just making them willy-nilly. Well, I think I'll do this today, do that tomorrow. You're coasting through life, you're cruising, you're skimming, you're surfing. You have no overarching objective. If you don't know where you're headed, any road will take you there. If you don't know your overarching life mission, your purpose in life that God put you here for, you don't have a basis for your decisions. And it's no wonder you say, well, today I'll choose this, and tomorrow I'll choose that, and the next day I'll choose this. 
If you want your life to count, it must be focused on a mission. Light focused has tremendous power. It becomes a laser and it can cut through all kinds of things. Light that is diffused has no power at all. And a diffused life has no power at all. The more focused your life is, the more power it has. Now, this is so important. We've done two series on it. I call it the purpose-driven life. If you weren't here in that series or you've forgotten it, you might go pick up this tape series and listen to it again. Because it's, it's important. The most important thing in your life, knowing Jesus Christ. Second most important thing, getting connected to a spiritual family, a church family. Third, discovering your life purpose. And the first two will help you with the third. So you need to do that. Now, you don't have time for everything. Would you agree with that? You don't have time for everything. Good news is this. God doesn't expect you to do everything. He doesn't. So don't feel guilty about it. And on top of that, there are only a few things worth doing in the first place. Now, effective people figure out what's essential in life and what's trivial in life, and they spend more of their time doing the essential things and doing less time doing the trivial thing. You can't eliminate all the trivia in your life, but you can reduce it in your life. Now, this sounds real easy to talk about, but it's frankly quite hard. It's not easy. It's, in fact, it's often difficult to choose between what's best for my life and what's easiest for my life. That is not an easy thing to choose, especially when you're tired. When you're tired, you don't want to do the best thing. You want to do what's easy. You want to do the right thing. You want to do what's comfortable. That's why if you're really going to make something of your life, you've got to learn how to get some rest. Because if you're not rested, you're tired all the time. If you're tired all the time, you don't have the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual ability to say, I'm going to do the right thing now instead of doing you know, the easiest thing right now. What am I saying? I'm simply begging you as your pastor, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Don't settle for second best. Don't go through life just existing, just coping, just getting by, just skimming through life. You were not put here on life to coast. You were not put on this planet to just drift. God made you for a reason. He made you for a mission, for a purpose. And that starts by asking the question, is this the best use of my life? Some of you are trying to figure out your, God's plan for your life. You're not going to figure it out until you stop doing some things that are taking up all your time and energy so you don't have time to listen to God. Don't waste your life. These are six principles. There are many others. But before I close, I want you to hear a story of a guy who's trying to put these principles into practice. Would you give a warm welcome? Hi. My name is Robert, and I'd like to share with you how God has been teaching me to make better decisions since I committed my life to Jesus Christ. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a naturally impulsive person. I've always loved making quick decisions. For many years, I was actually proud of my tendency to move quickly and make snap judgments. But I've learned a lot of mistakes, that fast decisions are not always good decisions. And I could tell you many stories of dumb decisions I've made in my life. For instance... Right before Cheryl and I got married, I moved from Pittsburgh to California and got here driving a new Cadillac. Two weeks after I arrived, I got restless and traded in for a new Corvette. Less than a year later, my parents came to visit us. I traded the Corvette for a Continental. My reasoning was that I needed a car that we could all sit in. 
Well, buying three different new cars before the first year of marriage without consulting my wife would obviously rate as a bad decision. It caused unnecessary strain on both of our finances and our relationship. By about eight years into the marriage, things had gotten from bad to worse to really bad. My impulsive decisions produced a credit card debt of 50000 and a lot of tension in our home. The more financial pressure we felt, the more I stayed away from home, the more dumb decisions I made. At this point, we were both ready to give up on our marriage. Fortunately, Cheryl decided to stick with it, so we decided to try at church to get some help. On several weekends, I went to ex- out to explore myself. One week, I found a church called Saddleback. There was a meeting in a high school gym. I loved the music, and the pastor wasn't too bad either, so we started attending. <laughs> After a few months, Cheryl and I accepted Christ. In fact, I accepted him three weekends in a row because I didn't know if the first two really did the job. <laughs> As we began to grow spiritually as new Christians, I found that God was changing the way I thought. Previously, my motto had always been, if I don't make it happen, no one will. That attitude has driven me to a lot of quick but not always wise decisions. But as I spent more time reading the Bible and watching other Christian men, I started becoming more peaceful and less impulsive. I still got a lot of growing to do, but learning to make decisions by praying and waiting and following God's principles in the Bible has made a big difference in my life. Let me give you four specific areas. First, involving God in my decision-making has benefited my marriage. After I became a Christian, I started coming home earlier at night. I didn't feel comfortable hanging out at the bars till late at night anymore. Cheryl could see the changes in my life, but I was still making impulsive decisions without talking to her. This continued to cause tension in our relationship. Turning point came for me one day when I read Psalm 32.8. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which has no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. I realized that not by not listening to God or to Cheryl, I was acting like a mule and didn't even know it. Slowly, step by step, we began to talk about our decisions together, and we would pray about them and we would consider together what God had said in the Bible about each issue. One thing became very clear. Whenever I made decisions with Cheryl, Without Cheryl, we grew apart. But whenever we prayed and made decisions together based on God's word, we grew closer together. The same thing is true with my relationship with God. Whenever I go to God first and test my decisions against his principles, I always end up close to him. Second, involving, decisions in, involving God in my decision-making has kept me out of a lot of trouble. For instance, like every normal man, whenever I see an attractive woman, A little battle goes on in my mind, and I have a choice to make. Give in to the temptation or do the right thing. What I have found helpful is to quickly change the focus from the fantasy, what the fantasy might be like, to what it would do to my wife and my kids and my friends if I were to give in to the temptation. Pastor Rick calls this the integrity test. I imagine the devastated look in my wife's eyes, and I think of how my kids would would lose all the respect for me. And I think about how all my good friends would be disappointed and heartbroken at my stupidity. At that point, I realized that nothing, no pleasure, is worth giving up of that. Then the blood rushes back to my brain and I get on with my day. (laughs) A third benefit of making decisions based on God's word is that it has blessed my business and finances. Through failure, I have learned that it's much easier to get into a business relationship than it is to get out. On the other hand, I can tell you about a time when I was invited to become an equity shareholder in a company that's going public in another state. 
It looked exciting and I made several trips to check it out. But this time, I was determined to not make a decision without first praying and seeking advice from God and wise Christian friends. As I tested the decision against the principles in God's word, it became very clear that even though it meant turning down a lot of money in stock, I should decline the offer. We turned it down, and both Cheryl and I felt relieved and happy that we were doing the right thing. As a result of listening to God's advice rather than my impulses, God has opened some incredible business opportunities for me. If I hadn't listened to God's principles in my decision-making, I would have missed all these great opportunities for making a difference with my life. Finally, a fourth benefit of following God's principles is it has caused me to grow spiritually. During the years of financial pressure brought on my, by my impulsive decisions, Cheryl and I learned about the principle of tithing. We learned God's principle that the first 10% of all we make is to be returned back to God in gratitude, since it all came from Him in the first place. This is a radical new concept for us, I can assure you. But as soon as I heard about it, I was excited to start tithing immediately. However, with all our bills due, my wife didn't feel the same way. In my old ways, I would have just blown by her comments and done it anyway. But because I wanted to do the right thing in the right way, we discussed it together as a couple, called the church office, asked for more detailed info on what the Bible said about tithing. We, we read it together and together decided that we could not afford to not tithe because we wanted God's blessing on our lives and finances. That next week we started tithing and we've never stopped. Since then, God has been faithful in providing for us in so many ways and our faith has grown by leaps and bounds. In Malachi 3.8, the Lord asks you to test him by tithing. See if, we, see if he will keep his promise. When you are faithful to do the right thing, even in tough times, God pours out so many blessings that you can't handle it all. In closing, I want to be honest and admit that learning to relax and trust God is a daily battle. Sometimes it seems like taking two steps forward and three steps back. On those days when I give up, get into my old ways, trouble always results. An example of that is years ago, I had a major operation on my foot. For five weeks, Cheryl and the kids drove me to and from work. One day, I woke up and then said, I'm going to drive myself to work. I was getting impatient with being driven everywhere. Cheryl thought I was kidding, but I assured her that I had it all under control. With crutches, a cane, and a cast, I explained to her how I could do it. <laughs> she asked me to reconsider. I didn't. That morning, I drove to Newport Beach for a breakfast meeting. After the meeting, I drove to my office building, pulled up in front of the building into the handicapped parking. I was using my cane for the gas pedal and my left foot for the brake. As I was coming to a stop, my, my cane slipped floored the gas pedal, and I went up over a three-foot concrete planter into the front of an office building. My new Mercedes was hanging on the planter with part of it in the building and part of it out. People ran out of the building to see if there was an earthquake. Because they needed two tow trucks to get my car out, it sat there all day. When the police arrived, I assured them that I wasn't drinking, but for the next month, Cheryl gently reminded me of my great decision. <laughs> so, you see, I still have a lot to learn. I have no intention of ever going back to my old ways of making decisions. This way works, and I encourage you to try it. Thank you. All right, take this, this uh, outline. We're going to do a little uh, self-evaluation right now, a little quiz. 
Let's get a little personal here. Let's go through these together. Number one, the ideal test. Are you being tempted to do something that is contrary to God's word? You know you shouldn't do it, but you're thinking about doing it anyway? I have no doubt that there's somebody here thinking about leaving your mate. Don't do it. Don't do it. You made a vow to God. Are you doing the things that you know God wants you to do, or are you just procrastinating? What has God told you to do? What do you know as a principle? You say, well, I ought to be doing that, but I'm not. You're making a big mistake. Number two, the integrity test. The integrity test is what I want everybody to know. Are you exactly what you appear to be? Or are you living a double life? You know, one way, you know, saint, sinner, Sunday person and weekday person. Do you know how to act, but you're not living up to what you... Does your walk match your talk? How about the third test, the improvement test? Are you filling your mind with less than the best materials? Maybe you ought to put a little governor on it and not let everything into it that you have been letting in. How about the fourth test? The independence test. What is out of control in your life? Your schedule? Your temper? Your words? Your habits? There could be all kinds of things that are out of control. What do you spend up, what dominates the thoughts of your mind most of the time? What do you think about most? What is it in your life that you keep saying, well, I could stop any time, but you haven't and you can't without God's help? How about the influence test? Have you been considering how your actions may be hurting other people? Or are you just thinking of yourself? And the investment test, are you so busy that you don't have time for the most important things? Are you investing your time in things that are going to matter? Or are you investing them in things that aren't going to last five years from now, much less 50 years or for eternity? Now, in a crowd this size, there is no doubt in my mind that there are many people here this morning that you are haunted by the secrets of bad decisions you've made. And the shame that you feel, and the guilt, and the regret, and the remorse, and even as I talk about it, it just kind of all comes back up in your mind, and you know what you're thinking about. And you think, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. Some of you have been unfaithful to your spouse. And some of you have had an abortion. And some of you have lied to protect yourself. And worse. What does Jesus have to say to you? Here's what Jesus would say to you. I don't care what you've done and what stupid decisions you've made. You matter to me. And you are valuable to me. You see, we have all made stupid decisions in our lives. Really dumb decisions that have been devastating to ourselves as well as to other people. And Jesus would say this to you today. I love you. I will forgive you. 
I can restore you. And I can even reverse some of the damage that you have brought on your life and on the lives of other people from your stupid decisions. And I will welcome you back home with open arms. And I died for those dumb decisions that you made. And they've already been paid for on the cross. And if you will come to me and give me all the pieces of your life, the good, the shameful, the ugly, the parts you're embarrassed about, and just hand me all your pieces, I will take your pieces and I will give you my peace. And not only that, I will give you the power and the wisdom to start making smart decisions the rest of your life. Not stupid decisions that cause scars and shame, but smart decisions that cause satisfaction and significance. What a deal. What a deal. Who could turn that down? The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is this. Who's going to call the shots in your life? You or God? You're not doing a very good job of it. That's why you have so many problems and so much stress in your life. So give it to God. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. We have some really exciting news. Generous friends of Daily Hope have offered a $25,000 matching grant. That means whatever you give to help share the hope of Jesus worldwide will be doubled by the grant. But don't wait because we only have a few days to meet this match. Any amount not met will be lost. So please act quickly. Here's Rick to tell you more. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. You know, my hope is that God uses this broadcast to help deepen your relationship with Jesus. Now, these Daily Hope messages are distributed on radio stations and digital platforms all across the globe. And listeners are writing and letting us know that their lives are being changed. They're telling us that they're walking with Jesus and that guilt and fear has been chased from their lives by God's love. You know, relationships are being restored and marriages are being healed. And many people are saying that they found their life purpose. I want to say thank you to you because we're only able to carry the hope of Jesus to these people all around the world because of gifts from generous listeners like you. I just wanted to say I am so grateful for your prayers and your financial support. Now, I understand in times like these, many of you are unable to give financial support. Hear it from me. That's okay. Because I never want anybody to give unless God leads them to give. That's between you and God. Not between you and me, but between you and God. And your prayers are a continual and incredible contribution to this Daily Hope ministry. Now, if you do want to give a financial gift, I've got some really great news to share with you. There's a generous friend of Daily Hope broadcast who is offering to match the amount of your gift. In other words, if you give $20, then that person is combine it with a grant to make your gift $40. Now, if you've never given a gift to Daily Hope, I want you to pray about partnering with us 
so that together we can continue to share the hope of Jesus throughout the whole world. I love you so much. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 and we'll send you Going Deeper with God, a personal renewal retreat to say thanks. Again, that's PastorRick.com or the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. There are only two days left to get this great resource and have your gift matched by the $25,000 matching grant. So contact us today. Join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.